Hey, when you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about those out-of-pocket costs. Now, that could be a lot of money, but are your medical bills accurate? Now, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills actually contain errors. Now, HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, or fraud. Now, you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, to date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Check them out online, healthlock.com. Go there today. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show Podcast. The reason a lot of Klan members like Donald Trump is because a lot of what he believes, we believe in. Donald Trump would be best for the job. For president. Yeah. I am a farmer and white nationalist. Support Donald Trump. Sending out all the illegals. Building a wall and a moratorium on Islamic immigration. That's very appealing to a lot of ordinary white people. Running against Donald Trump at this point is really treason to your heritage. Will you unequivocally condemn David Duke and say that you don't want his vote or that of other white supremacists? I don't know anything about white supremacists, so I don't know. Trump named Steve Bannon as his new campaign CEO. Mr. Bannon is best known for his controversial Breitbart News. A campaign chair that ran a website that has become a field day for the alt-right, which is racist and all sorts of other ists. The alt-right, which is a sort of dressed up in suits version of the neo-Nazi and white supremacist movements. A lot of what he believes, we believe in. All right, there you have it. I've been telling you now for a long time that the race card is going to be played. The race card is played every election year. Now, it doesn't matter if it was Donald Trump, Ted Cruz, John Kasich, Marco Rubio, any of the 17, it would be the race card and this ad shows members of the KKK in, in white hoods and, and all of their sick, evil, whatever garb that they wear. And they release this campaign. And the first thing you've got to ask yourself, why is this ad released today, 75 days out of the election? Well, could it be that this has been a horrible two weeks for Hillary Clinton? Could it be that the revelation that there's 15,000 more emails that they didn't turn over? Could it be that Hillary Clinton, in fact, has been caught selling her her office as secretary of state to those big donors of the Clinton Foundation and putting them in contact and in touch with people around the world so they can benefit financially, which then gets kicked back to them. It's called pay to play. It's called whatever you want to call it. It's corrupt, and she's been exposed. So what's the best way to distract from what is now a massive scandal 
and a cloud and a cancer hovering above the the presidential aspirations of Hillary Clinton. Well, let's play the race card. Now, Hannity, you did predict this back in the day when you said this election was getting started. Well, there's a whole history of this. Let's start. We'll do a timeline. 1998, Democratic Party, Missouri, a radio ad, elect Republicans, black churches will burn. When you don't vote, you let another church explode. When you don't vote, you allow another cross to burn. When you don't vote, you let another assault wound a brother or sister. When you don't vote, you let the Republicans continue to cut school lunches and hit start. I mean, you got the first sort of mainstream African-American yeah. who is articulate and bright and, and, and clean and nice-looking guy. I don't feel no ways tired. I come too far. go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. It's a fully, I'm not joking. Mitt Romney, he's speaking to a population of this, a segment of the population who does not like to see people other than a white man in the White House or in any other elected position. I don't know how anyone of Hispanic heritage could be a Republican, okay? Do I need to say more? Romney wants to let the, he said in the first hundred days, he's going to let the big banks once again write their own rules. Unchain Wall Street. They're going to put you all back in chains. Don't tell me we live in a colorblind society. The Republicans know that theirs is the wrong agenda for African Americans. That's why they don't even want to count you in the census. No, I think that they played the race card on me. And we now know from memos from the campaign and everything that they plan to do it all along. On June 7, 1998, in Texas, my father was killed. He was beaten, chained, and then dragged three miles to his death, all because he was black. So when Governor George W. Bush refused to support hate crimes legislation, it was like my father was killed all over again. Call George W. Bush and tell him to support hate crimes legislation. We won't be dragged away from our future. It happens every single election cycle, and now it's happening by Clinton, and it's happening in a week where she has been exposed as having sold access for money to her office as Secretary of State. That's what's happening here. So you get the video released today by the Clinton campaign making the case that Donald Trump is the candidate of racists, white supremacists, neo-Nazis. And, quote, the reason a lot of Klan members like Donald Trump is because a lot of what he believes, we believe it. You got a robed man identified as the imperial wizard of the rebel brigade knights of the Ku Klux Klan at the top of the video. They come right out with the Klan video, followed by images of the Confederate flag. Oh, hang on a second. That's right. Bill Clinton, Arkansas, commemorating the Confederate flag. Oops, let's forget that. J. William Fulbright, Bill Clinton's mentor, a known segregationist. And do you remember a guy by the name of Robert KKK Byrd, a former Grand Wizard Poobah of the Ku Klux Klan that later became the Senate Majority Leader? Well, we've got a tape of 
Hillary Clinton praising the former Klansman. Today, our country has lost a true American original, my friend and mentor, Robert C. Byrd. Senator Byrd was a man of surpassing eloquence and nobility. There are white I've seen a lot of white in my time. I admired his tireless advocacy for his West Virginia constituents, his fierce defense of the Constitution and the traditions of the Senate, and his passion for a government that improves the lives of the people it serves. There are white I've seen a lot of white in my time. They mentioned that he once had a fleeting association with a Klu Klux Klan, and what does that mean? I'll tell you what it means. He was a country boy from the hills and hollows of West Virginia. He was trying to get elected. As Secretary of State, I continued to rely on his advice and counsel. Robert C. Byrd led by the power of his example, and he made all of us who had the honor of serving as his colleagues better public servants and better citizens. Robert C. Byrd left such a legacy. Left such a legacy. Now, could it be we have Fox News new polling data out, Monmouth University poll, showing that Clinton holding just a two-point lead in North Carolina, significant uh, decline in her lead there uh, in that particular state. Meanwhile, another poll released Wednesday by Florida Atlantic University showed Trump leading by two points in Florida, 43-41. Just last week, Monmouth showed Trump down by nine points in the state. And a separate Monmouth University poll released Monday shows it's only a four-point race in Ohio. Now, I'm not saying that's good enough. I'm just saying that things have certainly tightened up a little bit. And yes, for those of you at 538, Nate Silver and company, I do believe the polls. Now, Julian Assange was on Fox News last night, says we're working around the clock. We've received quite a lot of material. Asked if he's going to release the documents before the election. Absolutely, he says. I think, quote, it will be significant. It depends how it catches fire in the public and in the media. Now, I don't want to scoop ourselves, he said, when asked to describe Julian Assange, what the WikiLeaks material is. We have a lot of pages of material, thousands of pages of material. I don't want to give it away, but it's a variety of different types of documents from different types of institutions that are associated with the election campaign. Look, what I'm saying to you is I warn you about this every election year. And then people get surprised when it actually happens. Understand that this is an act of desperation. Hillary Clinton's campaign knows that they need to distract from what is what we have learned this week with the additional nearly 15,000 emails that have come out. We know that Mrs. Clinton held a dinner in 2009 devoted to higher education. And among the schools represented was, yes, the for-profit network of colleges that has a donated to the Clinton Foundation and paid Bill Clinton nearly 17 million dollars and by the way treated their students horribly now that's ca- classic pay to play in other words you sell access for money that is the definition of what crony capitalism is even politico which is not a conservative publication publishes a story saying that the Clinton Foundation's vague timetable to its Uh, to limit its involvement with overseas programs and their insistence that Chelsea Clinton remain on the board, quote, raises red flags for ethics watchdogs, even as the charity vows to avoid conflicts of interest during a Hillary Clinton presidency. They made the same vow when she was secretary of state. And what did we find out? 84 of 150 some odd visits to the 
Secretary Clinton while Secretary of State were people that either donated or pledged to the Clinton Foundation. The story also goes on to point out that Clinton Foundation President Donna Shalala suggested that reorganizing the $2 billion enterprise could not, quote, happen overnight. Okay, how about a week from Friday, as Donald Trump and others now say it should be shut down? And Bill Clinton himself stepping up, saying, well, if I think, you know, doing good things and okay, you're doing good things with money. Where'd you get the money from? You got money from countries like Saudi Arabia, where men tell women how to dress. Men tell women they can't drive. Women can't leave the country without a male escort where women can't work or go to school without a man's permission, where a woman needs four male eyewitnesses to prove she's been raped, where gays and lesbians are put to death, where Christians and Jews are persecuted. Well, she took plenty of money from them, up to $25 million from the foundation for the foundation and $10 million for the library. And it goes on from there. You know, by the way, so when could they possibly close the foundation down? Now, this kind of unraveling has to be done with a scalpel, Shalala says, so that we don't hurt people. We don't interrupt the very good work that's being done. It's blood money. If you're taking money from countries that are so misogynistic, so brutal to women and gays and lesbians and Christians and Jews, I don't care what you're doing with the money. Remember Rudy Giuliani told the Saudi sheikh that, tried to implicate Israel on the nine, on what happened on 9-11. And then he said, take your money and shove it. Now we got Uma Abedin's mom, apparently a radical, that believes that somehow the U.S. was involved in what happened on 9-11 and printing all of these bizarre comments that basically justify. Hillary goes out with Uma's mom, a radical publication that she has out there, and says, well, we got to debunk the myth that Saudi women are treated poorly. And then she takes their money. Anyway, so they don't want to do what they should do and have to do and what she pledged she would do as Secretary of State. Richard Painter is a former ethics counsel for George W. Bush. He said that if the Clintons really wanted to separate themselves, they could do it tomorrow. That could be done in one board meeting. Change the name, have the board members resign, and replace them with people with no ties to the Clinton. No one in the Clinton family should be there. An easy step to take. could be done in an afternoon. That's not going to happen. And as for the news that Chelsea plans to remain on the board of the Clinton Foundation if her mother's elected president, well, even political rights that ethicists say that the process of detaching from the Clinton Foundation could occur without any involvement by the Clintons. You, uh, there's never been anybody so corrupt, so dishonest, such a liar as this woman. And that's what really pisses me off about all of you anti-Trumpers, all of you Republican saboteurs. You know, those of you that are angry at me. Well, I kept my promise. My promise in 2015 at CPAC was to give access to everybody. I fulfilled that promise. My promise in 2016 at CPAC was let you, the people, decide, and I'll support the nominee, and I'm supporting enthusiastically Trump. Why? Well, because of the Supreme Court, because of vetting of refugees. I want the wall built for national security and to have stopping illegal immigrants competing for jobs with the 95 million Americans that right now are out of the labor force and suffering greatly because of Obama's policies. This is not complicated. I'm doing it because of the economy. She wants to raise taxes $1.3 trillion, spending $1.4 trillion. She wants to keep Obamacare. You know, what do we have we gotten so out of touch that we don't care about Americans in poverty, out of work, out of the labor force, the worst 
recovery since the 40s, the lowest home ownership rate in 51 years? Do we not care about one in five American families that don't have a single family member working? Well, Hannity, you're supporting Trump for ratings. I actually got asked that by a reporter yesterday. I'm like, uh, no, I actually love my country more. And you know what? I can identify with the people in poverty, out of the labor force, out of work, that are suffering, that can't buy a home because I was that person for decades of my life. Thank you very much. I love my country. I love my fellow Americans more than ratings. Gee, big shocker. So annoyed at these. I want a president that can say radical Islam. How's that? I want a president that is honest and doesn't lie every single day like she does. I want a president that's not going to sell out the office the way she has. I want people getting back to work. I don't want somebody that messed up Iraq and Syria and Afghanistan and Iran and North Libya. I'm sorry, North Africa and Libya and Egypt like she did. The stakes couldn't be higher. And you've got Republicans sabotaging Trump every day. And then they say, well, we'll blame you. No, I'm going to blame you. I'll hold you accountable for her Supreme Court nominees. I'll hold you accountable for what the unvetted refugees do. I'll hold you accountable for Americans that don't get work because they're competing with illegal immigrants. I'll hold you accountable for us not being energy independent and coal miners being put out of work. So people are so dumb and so stupid and so selfish and arrogant and ignorant. It's unbelievable. It happens every election cycle. I warn you that it's going to happen. And many of you are surprised when it actually does happen. Hillary Clinton now has to distract from the corruption that has now been exposed this week. Pay to play. Major donors gaining access and influence that they otherwise would never have except for their donations to the Clinton Foundation and other charities of the Clintons. And all of this money swirl now is becoming front and center. Now you even have the mainstream media talking about shutting down the Clinton Foundation. So what does Hillary do? Well, she comes out with the most incendiary ad that they possibly can. Try to tie Donald Trump to the Ku Klux Klan. Put Donald Trump in an interview. He said, I don't, I don't know anything about these people. Because he doesn't. Unless you know. And then they've come up with a new term. Alt-right. Alt-right. Trump embraces pro-Russian forces. Trump gives extremists a national megaphone. From the start, the Trump campaign has built a campaign on prejudice and paranoia. Trump plans to put prejudice into practice. Trump is reinforcing stereotypes. Do you understand why did she go so extreme today? Because this is the exact moment she needs to distract the American people from how corrupt she has been, how she has sold out her office, how she has given access to all of her big money donors you know, the last thing she wants is anyone paying attention to her comments or Uma Abedin's mother, who believes in 9-11 conspiracies, that Hillary Clinton and Uma's mother, an extremist publication that she authors, and Uma was working on it for 12 years. Oh, but they only used her name. She had nothing to do with it. Really? And Hillary Clinton goes to Saudi Arabia and says, well, you need to get rid of this myth that Saudi women are being somehow mistreated. No. Oh. That can justify taking $25 million for the foundation, $10 million for the library. By the way, remember the comment Bill Clinton made years ago? Yeah, a few years ago, you would have been carrying our bags. Wow. A racial remark that Bill Clinton made about Barack Obama. 
Remember, he said, well, they played the race card on me, and the trampoline plan to play from the very beginning. When he put out a hit job on me, uh, at the same time he called her the senator from Punjab, I never said a word that she did not play the race card, but they did. No, I think that they played the race card on me. And we now know from memos from the campaign and everything that they plan to do it all along. Trump wants to make America hate again. Hillary's given the speech, so she's doubling down for all the reasons I just outlined in the last half hour. Hillary cannot justify the amount of money that changed hands and the access she sold as it relates to the Clinton Foundation. She can't do that. So now they've got to play the race card. That's why they came out with the Ku Klux Klan ad today. Parents worry about their kids hearing Trump. Really? I don't worry about my kids hearing Trump. I worry about you being president. I worry about the policies that put Americans out of work. You know, the Clintons, you know what? We have never seen anybody this immoral, this corrupt, anybody that has sold out their office the way she has. Somebody that has lied to the American people as often as she has. There's a way out of this. They don't want to take the way out of this. This is the game that the Clintons play. The Clintons have been caught in ethical wrongdoing. So they're taking steps to address the problem. And the steps are, let's distract the American people, hoping that every media outlet tonight, the only thing they're going to talk about is Trump and the KKK. Donald Trump's been on message the last two weeks, so the only thing they got left, if we can't get him off message, we'll make up a story that he's off message, and we'll tie him to the Ku Klux Klan, and their willing enablers in the news media will go along and, and do the bidding of the Clinton PR department. And that's exactly what's happening. You see it in foreign countries. Maybe it's a little easier to see when you're looking at propaganda and misinformation and distortion. If it's happening in Russia or any of these Islamic countries or Baghdad Bob in Iraq or the Iranian mullahs controlling the masses in in Iran or the Chinese turning off the Internet for anybody in their society. But you can't see it here. You're being purposefully manipulated and lied to and a narrative that is advanced. This is the lowest form of politics you will ever see. And it's unfolding right now before your eyes today. And it's all done to distract from the corruption that is the Clintons, the selling out of their office that is the Clintons. You know, they can never admit that they are wrong. They can never truly make amends. They just come back and back again and hope that they can manipulate the minds of the American people. And sadly, many Americans are easy to manipulate. It's the kind of thing that has caused Americans to have utter contempt for politicians, for the political class, for the government. It's the type of thing, the type of corruption, the type of quid pro quo, the type of pay to play, frankly, the type of bribery that makes Americans furious because nobody has enriched themselves more than the Clintons have. It makes Americans, hardworking Americans, sick to their stomach. It causes Americans to be cynical. Most Americans now distrust all public institutions, and it's because of people like Hillary and the fact that she is now trying to purposefully distract you from the corruption she has been involved in. And that creates a, a corrosive cynicism that is not being caused by, in this case, by conservatives. This is by liberals. They speak about the good the government can do. They talk about the possibilities of government, the great things that government can do for people. Yet here's a woman running for president who has not only violated her own pledge, that lies to you repeatedly, that says she won't engage even 
in the appearance of impropriety or conflict of interest, who broke every single rule, every single law, and lied about it repeatedly. And when caught lying about it, denied she was caught lying about it. And there's one other thing I want to say about this. And we don't need to be lectured by Hillary Clinton about Donald Trump. You know, if you look at and what great moral humanitarians they are and how this is about the children, we've got to take money from the corrupt Saudis that are misogynists that hate women and mistreat and abuse women and kill gays and lesbians and mistreat and have no religious freedom. Why did you take their money, Hillary, now that you're going forward with, you know, from the start, Trump has built his campaign on prejudice and paranoia. You know, we... uh this is a moment of reckoning for the GOP. The GOP doesn't need Hillary Clinton's lectures on reckoning. This is a moment of reckoning for Democrats. Hey, she is a pathological congenital liar. She cannot help herself. She is deep in her core. She has sold out her office. Trump wants to make America hate again. Parents worry about kids hearing Trump. Parents and teachers are worried about the Trump effect that language causes bullying. This is all because she is scared to death right now. You know, she was on last night, I guess, with Anderson Cooper. You know, we did provide a lot of life-saving work with this foundation. Yeah, but you also provided a lot of money in your own pocket, didn't you? You provided a lot of money that you, you lined your pockets with all of this. You know, the critics, no one's against life-saving charitable work, but you are. We are against a slush fund that pretends to be a, sh a charity. No one denies that maybe there's some good work done, but you can't take blood money from the Saudis and justify it by saying, well, we're using that money for good work as they kill gays and lesbians, mistreat women and abuse Christians and Jews. Sorry, that doesn't work for anybody. The moral preening by the Clintons and their acolytes, you know, if you're critical of the Clinton Foundation, somehow you're not you don't care about the children. No, that doesn't work either. You know, and this leads me to you Republicans out here. You, those of you at the Wall Street Journal, some of you at National Review, Bill Kristol, these talk show hosts that apparently are so insecure and so in need of attention because they can't keep a job very long, and everybody else that is saying, oh, Hannity does this for ratings. He's voting for, no, I'm not. Not about ratings. Maybe it is for some of you, but it's not for me. Unlike many of you, I didn't grow up with a silver spoon in my mouth. You know, those years washing dishes and cooking and bussing tables and waiting, bartending, painting houses, hanging wallpaper, framing houses, doing roofing, laying tile. Those were decades of my life. The time that I spent, you know, having to work for my landlord that was nice enough to allow me to work off my rent because, you know what, I was struggling financially. A guy by the date, this guy's name was Dan and Ellen, uh, uh, Almeida. That was my, my landlords. Great people. Warren, Rhode Island. And they took care of me at the time of my life when I actually needed help. They gave me work. I remember I redid this guy's barn. I painted their houses. I did all sorts of work for them. So I didn't grow up with a silver spoon in my, my mouth at all. For all of you that are sabotaging Trump, I want you to understand something. You own this. You own your sabotage. You own, if Republicans, if you are able to dissuade them from supporting Trump over Hillary, and you're successful, right now it appears you are, because Trump only has about 73, 75% of Republicans. If he doesn't get to 90, he can't win. 
And a lot of this I put on your shoulders. And that goes for John Kasich, and that goes for Jeb Bush, and that goes for Lindsey, and that goes for Ted Cruz, who I like. But you guys are hurting the chances and helping Hillary get into office. And the Bill Crystals and the Mitt Romneys. I like Mitt Romney, but I don't like what he's doing here. Because if Hillary gets to appoint Supreme Court justices that will impact this country for generations, I'm holding you guys accountable because of your stubbornness, because of your arrogance, your sanctimony. All right, maybe you don't like Trump's style, but on the issues, you cannot tell me on issues that Trump's agenda is not conservative. You've seen his Supreme Court list. You see that he wants to listen listen to our national intelligence officials and actually vet refugees rather than gamble with the lives of the American people. You see Hillary's plan to raise taxes and raise spending. You see Trump's idea that he is going to allow repatriated money from multinational corporations back into the country so those corporations will build their manufacturing centers and factories here. And that wall that's built is going to probably prevent radical Islamists from crossing into our country and hurting American people. And that wall is also going to help Americans that are looking for work, some 95 million out of the labor force, get the jobs, 8 million of which now are in the hands of illegal immigrants. And they're driving down wages. You know, some of you just can't see the forest through the trees here in any way. On the Supreme Court alone, that ought to do it. On Hillary's plan for the economy, that ought to do it. On vetting refugees and not gambling with people's lives ought to do it. Securing the border ought to do it. Eliminating Obamacare. The average American in the last eight years, their family premiums are up $4,100 a year. They lost their they lost their doctor, their health plan, and they're paying a hell of a lot more not saving money. You should do it for the 12 million Americans, 12 million more Americans on food stamps since Obama's become president. A total of 46 million of your fellow Americans suffering. Or maybe you'll support Trump and not Hillary for the 8 million more Americans that now live in poverty at 50 million. 50 million of our fellow citizens suffering. Or maybe you'll do it because this is the worst recovery since the 1940s. Or maybe you'll do it because it's the lowest home ownership rate in 51 years. Or maybe you'll do it because one in five American families don't have a single family member working. Or maybe you'll do it for men in their prime working years, 18 to 34, one in six are in jail or in mommy's basement. Or maybe you'll do it because Obama's robbed your kids and grandkids, you know, blind by accumulating more debt than all 43 other presidents before him combined. Maybe you'll do it because the labor participation rate is the lowest since the 70s. Maybe you'll do it because Hillary can't find it within herself to say radical Islam. Maybe you'll do it because of the race card that she's playing today. Maybe you'll do it because she is the single most corrupt person ever to seek the presidency and the single biggest liar ever to run for the presidency. And the single biggest... You know, person ever to she's had more personal gain than anybody else ever running for this job. She has used her position to line her pockets more than anybody else. And if that doesn't do it, maybe you'll do it because she failed us in Egypt and she failed us greatly in Libya. And she lied to the families that died in Libya and that she screwed up North Africa and she screwed up Iraq and she screwed up Syria and she screwed up Russia and Afghanistan. 
and that she's been wrong on every major issue of our time. You know, maybe you'll do it because, you know, in spite of everything, she's wrong 100% of the time. And maybe over time, Donald Trump's temperament issue will resolve itself. I'm fed up. You own this. You Republicans at the Wall Street Journal, you Republicans at National Review, you Republican radio hosts, you know, obscure radio hosts, wherever you happen to be, that feel that I'm the biggest target. I will pull the lever for Trump over Hillary Clinton proudly. And I am not blind to Hillary, her distractions, her propaganda, her misinformation, her corruptness, her lies, and her misinformation as you apparently are. Because your smearing, slandering, and sabotage of Trump is helping her. So you own her Supreme Court nominees. You own what her refugees do. You own what illegal immigrants do. You own Obamacare. You'll own the fact that coal miners are out of work and coal companies are out of business. You will own education that still sucks, especially for inner city America. You own it all. Don't come to me crying. I've warned you about Obama, and I was right. I'm warning you about Hillary, and I'm right here, too. You know what? You live with the government you deserve. But don't say, I didn't warn you, but I will hold you responsible. Oh, I will. And you can point the fingers back at me all you want. You're responsible. I kept my promise in 2015 and 2016. The reason a lot of Klan members like Donald Trump is because a lot of what he believes, we believe in. Donald Trump would be best for the job. For president. Yeah. I am a farmer and white nationalist. Support Donald Trump. Sending out all the illegals, building a wall, and a moratorium on Islamic immigration. That's very appealing to a lot of ordinary white people. Running against Donald Trump at this point is really treason to your heritage. Will you unequivocally condemn David Duke and say that you don't want his vote or that of other white supremacists? I don't know anything about white supremacists, so I don't know. Trump named Steve Bannon as his new campaign CEO. Mr. Bannon is best known for his controversial Breitbart News a campaign chair that ran a website that has become a field day for the alt-right, which is racist and all sorts of other ists. The alt-right, which is a sort of dressed up in suits version of the neo-Nazi and white supremacist movements. A lot of what he believes, we believe in. When you don't vote, you let another church explode. When you don't vote, you allow another cross to burn. When you don't vote, you let another assault wound a brother or sister. When you don't vote, you let the Republicans continue to cut school lunches and hit start. I mean, you got the first sort of mainstream African-American yeah. who is articulate and bright and, and, and clean and nice-looking guy. I don't feel no ways tired. I come too far from where I started from. No. You cannot go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. It's a fully, I'm not joking. Mitt Romney, he's speaking to a population of this, a segment of the population who does not like to see people other than a white man in the White House or in any other elected position. I don't know how anyone of Hispanic heritage could be a Republican, okay? 
Do I need to say more? Romney wants to let the, he said in the first hundred days, he's going to let the big banks once again write their own rules. Unchain Wall Street. They're going to put you all back in chains. Don't tell me we live in a colorblind society. The Republicans know that theirs is the wrong agenda for African Americans. That's why they don't even want to count you in the census. No, I think that they played the race card on me. And we now know from memos from the campaign and everything that they plan to do it all along. On June 7, 1998, in Texas, my father was killed. He was beaten, chained, and then dragged three miles to his death, all because he was black. So when Governor George W. Bush refused to support hate crimes legislation, it was like my father was killed all over again. Call George W. Bush and tell him to support hate crimes legislation. We won't be dragged away from our future. There you have it. Hour two, Sean Hannity show. It's predictable as the day is long. If it's an election year, Democrats, well, they'll play the race card. Now you've got Hillary Clinton, a new ad trying to tie Donald Trump to the Ku Klux Klan and white supremacists. Why? Number one reason, Hillary needs to distract from the revelations this week that, in fact, she sold out her office for donors to the Clinton Foundation. And that more than half of the people that she met with while Secretary of State were all tied to the Clinton Foundation in one shape, matter, or form, either donating money or having pledge money. And that's why Hillary is now trying to push this race card. You got just go over the years. This is a woman whose own brother-in-law used the N-word repeatedly. I've never heard her criticize Roger Clinton. Yeah, some nigger, some junior high nigger kicks Steve's ass while he was trying to help his brothers out. You get the point. She's friends with the Reverend Al Sharpton, who said this about America's first black mayor, David Dinkins. You want to do the only nigga on television. The only nigga in the newspaper. The only nigga can talk. Go cover them. Go talk to them. Because you got the only nigga problem. Because you know if a black man stood up next to you, they would see you for the hall that you really are. Well, she's friends with Al Sharpton. Then, of course, you got the same party that used the James Byrd ad in 2008 against George Bush. George Bush supported the death penalty for for the killer of this this man. Meanwhile, he just didn't support hate crimes legislation. You can't get a worse penalty than the death penalty, which George Bush supported. But they politicized that. Or the 98 Democratic Party Missouri radio ad that says you elect Republicans, black churches are going to burn. Of course, they ignore instances where Joe Biden says, well, you can't work at a Dunkin' Donuts or a 7-Eleven unless you have a slight Indian accent. And uh, don't forget, Barack Obama, he's the first African-American. He's, he's clean. He's articulate. Imagine if Donald Trump said that. Never heard Hillary criticize him either. It just shows the double standard. Anyway, glad you're with us. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of this extravaganza. And joining us now, the Pastor Daryl Scott is with us. Also, Eric Guster joins us to discuss and debate this. Uh, Pastor Scott, I told you, didn't I tell you in a meeting we had that this is all going to happen and now it's happening? Yes, that Hillary is trying to drive that racist narrative and the Democratic Party drives that racist narrative. Once again, as we stated on your show, every four years, it's ten the racists on the Republicans, and they're trying to drive that narrative. I really believe that Hillary Clinton is nervous about Trump reaching African-Americans. I mean, he's made a concerted effort to speak to the African-American community recently, and she hears what he's saying, and she's seeing the response, and she knows that his message uh, of economic disparity, his message of crime, his message of uh, that he's communicating, it makes sense. And so her, she and her handlers, they all hear this. They know it makes sense. His poll numbers are on the rise. 
kids in the African American and minority communities in general. She's nervous. So what do I do? And you know what's funny? They always say Trump needs to speak to the issues. What about the issues? What about policy? This isn't about issues or policy. This is about her trying to play a race card because to and, her, and she's playing it from the bottom of the deck. Matters more than black lives do. She wants the black vote. She doesn't care about the black life. Now, what's your response to this, Eric Guster? Do you find it despicable, or are you going to defend it? Uh, what you're doing, actually, Sean, you are trying to distract from the issues such as what Trump does and how he. No, 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 no. We're not. Trump has actually been on message for the last two weeks. Hillary's the one. Hillary's in trouble this week. Hillary's in trouble this week because Hillary's been exposed as having sold out her office in a massive pay-to-play scam where more than half the people that she saw as Secretary of State actually were donors to the Clinton Foundation, and she used her influence to help them meet and greet and make money with foreign entities. Gave money to the Clinton Foundation as well, so is he part of that spirit? No, I'm just asking. Every two, four years, we get the race card, and you are defending no, it. Trump, I want to hear you I want to hear you say... Birmingham, Alabama. I wanna, Trump had a rally where he encouraged protesters to beat up a black man. Trump has had so many white... That is just a lie. Supporting him. That is, is just a lie. lie. That's not the truth. What, no, what, what, what truth. words did... What I words did he say? Go, when did he say go beat up a black man? He said attack that man. No, I take that back. He said, he said attack yeah, that man. Uh-huh. That's what happened. Well, what about this? There was a Washington Times story in May by, I'm sorry, yeah, Washington Times by Andrew Blake that Hillary's campaign received more than $20,000 in donations contributed by members of the Ku Klux Klan, according to a prominent member of the hate group. For the KKK, Clinton is our choice, said Will Quigg, California Grand Dragon for the loyal white nights. Oh, well, I guess then Trump I, can write an ad. I'm aware of that donation, but I do know the high numbers of white nationalists, skinheads, and Klan members who are supporting Donald Trump. They've come out mm-hmm. with their own ads. They've come out with emails. They email their groups because Donald Trump speaks to that set of people. And Donald Trump, what does Donald Trump say to that people? Even in the CNN interview, when, that, when he was asked about white supremacists, he said, I don't know anything about white supremacists. What person in, the, in America doesn't know anything well, what about he white Wait, 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 wait a minute. If you're going to take that out of context, what he's saying is, I don't know anything about those people because I don't know those people. I don't hang out with those people. I love it when Trump supporters say you're taking something out of context, but these are his own words, Sean. Okay, yeah, exactly. He says... His words were, if if you ask me today, well, what about the white supremacist group in Cleveland? And then I said, man, I I don't know anything about this white supremacist group here. That doesn't mean I don't know about white supremacist groups, period know it and you should be ashamed you know what you should be ashamed you know what eric i actually this is very disappointing because here here we have a divided country divided more along racial lines than we've ever had we've had the last eight years where black america has been disproportionately impacted because of the bad economic policies of obama and hillary clinton and 58 percent increase in in black america 58 percent increase in black americans on food stamps since obama's been president a 20 percent increase in blacks not participating participating in the labor force and here is donald trump saying we can do it better and we he gave two speeches last week talking about how he can improve the lives for not only all of black america but all of america and you just ignore the truth trump has zero policy he has zero economic policy he gives great one-liners and very impressive speeches but he has no policy he, his uh, how do you know he has no policy i can and tell you what his policy is number one he's articulated a policy i can yeah. tell you what his policy is if you'll take the time and listen donald trump is going to 
lower taxes. You're going to allow multinational corporations to repatriate trillions overseas, and that's going to bring a lot of money back to the state, back to our country. That big multinational corporations can build manufacturing centers and factories. He's not going to put coal miners out of work like Hillary promised, or coal businesses out of business like Hillary promised. He's going to expand coal mining, expand fracking, expand drilling, expand nuclear technology. That is going to create millions of high-paying jobs in the economy. Also, he's going to have less competition for the few jobs that are available by building a wall so 11 million more people don't cross our border illegally and compete with Americans for the few jobs that are available, which also drives down wages. So, and you know, and he's going to improve the economic system. And the $4,100 increase in Obamacare is going to go away because we'll have free market competition. So, yeah, those, that's a that's a specific economic plan. Now, Hillary has announced she's going to raise taxes 1.3 trillion and spending 1.4 trillion. Well, that math doesn't add up, does it, Eric? Shift from coal energy to clean energy is a great shift because many of those people will be shifted into that type of industry. And we've had it all over the country when we're getting natural fuels, we're getting rid of gasoline. Those people stay in that industry but make a shift to a different type. And that is what Hillary has explained, that that is what she's working to do. Just like in Birmingham, Alabama, we had a shift from the steel industry and we brought other industries where many of those workers are working. So you're you're happy with Hillary's plan to put... So just to get this straight. You're saying you're happy that Hillary's going to put coal miners out of business. I'm never happy that anyone... And, and that the coal miners should that shift not, to a new energy that source. That is not what it is. So the, the coal miners should now shift to a new energy source uh, and, and start working in a new energy field. Is that what you're saying? Many of those people will get new jobs and that is the purpose of... So you've been working as a coal miner for 23 years no, I did not and now it's time for you to get a new quiet. job. Oh God, just let him talk over me. Do you want to debate? You just want Daryl to just blabber. I like what Daryl's saying better than what you're saying. Yeah, because he supports a, a weird candidate like Trump who has zero yeah. substance. Let me ask you a question about about Hillary Clinton. Don't you think when her brother-in-law used the N-word, she should have spoken out? And don't you think it's a little odd that she called the former Klansman, the former Grand Wizard, Poobah of the Ku Klux Klan, her mentor, Robert Byrd? Do you think that was an appropriate thing for her to say? I'm not aware of what she said. Let me play it for you. I'll Today, play it. Today, our country has lost a true American original, my friend and mentor Robert C. Byrd. Senator Byrd was a man of surpassing eloquence and nobility. There are white I've seen a lot of white in my time. I admired his tireless advocacy for his West Virginia constituents, his fierce defense of the Constitution and the traditions of the Senate, and his passion for a government that improves the lives of the people it serves. There are white I've seen a lot of white in my time. They mentioned that he once had a fleeting association with a Ku Klux Klan. What does that mean? I'll tell you what it means. He was a country boy from the hills and hollows of West Virginia. He was trying to get elected. Oh, yes, all right. Let's stop right there, Eric. Yeah, he, that's what Trump is doing. He has his association. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, so Hillary praising. Wait, 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 we got on tape. Hillary praising a, a former Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan. Okay. <laughs> I disagree with hey, that. Hey, past, past, Pastor Scott, <laughs> Pastor Scott. I think that's called a checkmate <laughs> no, moment. Just I like that response. Like okay. <laughs> Hey, let me what he does. Some supporters, Trump should disavow what many of his supporters are believing in. These white supremacists and being in Birmingham, Alabama today, I'm very familiar with some of them. They have to they have to be stopped. And Trump is fanning that flame with gasoline and air and creating a wildfire. Okay, let me ask this question. Is it okay for blacks to support black nationalists and black supremacists? I mean, how long did it take Obama to disavow Jeremiah Wright? He disavowed his, his, his and, and, and Louis Farrakhan is a, is a 
black supremacist and a black nationalist. And the, the Black Lives Matter movement is a black nationalist movement. That's not okay true. That's a black blacks, equality movement. Is it you know okay that. for blacks to support no, black nationalism? First of all, Black Lives Matter is a movement for race equality. It is not about oh, okay, black Hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me say this. It's not a movement so for stop, racial stop equality because they don't want to treat white people equal. You're supposed now, to be a let, pastor. Let me ask, hold on. Hold on. Talk for a minute. A lot of people tried to take Trump to task for saying that he did not give his message to African-Americans in front of an African-American audience. But I remember when he tried to go to Chicago and speak before an African-American audience, and the Black Lives Matter took pride in the fact that they claimed they shut the meeting down. They rioted in the streets, they protested, they set fires, and said, we shut the meeting down. Now, why would Trump willingly go into hostile territory to communicate a message that's not going to be able to be communicated? All right, I got to I gotta, I gotta let it go here. We'll continue it on the other side. We'll get to a lot of your calls. 800-941-SEAN is a number. I see a lot of you want to weigh in on this. Pastor Scott, thank you. Eric, thank you. Stay in touch with the Hannity faithful. Join the message board at Hannity.com. All right, 25 till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN, our toll-free telephone number. Well, we now find out that without going to Congress, that the Obama administration sent $1.3 billion to the Iranians two days after Obama announces the deal with the number one state sponsor of terror. Well, now the State Department, Treasury Department, they can't answer, well, why didn't Congress weigh in on this? Well, they didn't go to Congress because Congress would have stopped it. We have General Michael Flynn at the top of the hour, but in the meantime, we'll get to your calls. Andrea is in Southfield, Michigan. Andrea, hi, how are you? Glad you called. Hey, Sean, I'm doing fine. Uh, I, first of all, I just got to say I'm a Trump supporter. I'm an African-American female, and I absolutely think Trump doesn't have a racist bone in him. It's about all Americans, and his appeal right now to the Hispanics and blacks is what we should have been doing a long time ago because the Democratic Party, based on tradition and everything, they've just been voting Democrat just because and as soon as you talk, to, as soon as I talk to somebody, they say he's racist. I tell me, I say, well, tell me how he's racist. And they don't know about Hillary, her role model, Mr. Burr. Uh, Trump needs to make an ad out of that statement with Mr. Burr and where um, Clinton had said in another day at another time, Obama would have been opening his car door, you know, it's like the, the person you've just been spending all that time with. They, they, I feel, I kind of feel sorry for the media and all that because, see, they're running out of reasons not to like Trump. That's all it is. Just reaching out is, is good and normal, and it's like that movie. You can't handle the truth. We can't have it both ways when Black Lives Matters and all that do things, and they say, well, that's because of the things that's going on in the black community, and then turn around, and when Trump points out the things, it's bad. Hey. I think I said a mouthful. <laughs> Andrea, I'm so glad you said that because you know what? This is pretty this is disgusting. This ad is despicable. It is hateful. It is inaccurate. It is untrue. And it is obvious what they're trying to do. They've had this ad ready for the moment. The the biggest amount of heat comes on them. This is the time that they now want to distract the public's attention from the fact that she sold out her office. And that's where this ad came from. Thank you, Andrea. And it's insulting to me. It's insulting to any American. This is this is dealing the race card from the bottom of the deck. 
And this is, you know, frankly, I'm going to say this every two to four years. There's an effort to create a perception that is false about conservatives and Republicans that they're racist and they do it to gin up the vote in the black community. Now, meanwhile, black Americans have suffered disproportionately under Obama and Hillary policies. And the fact of the matter is they can't let they can't let the communities hear that, because if they do, they're likely to say, you know what? You know, you're not helping us. We'll go with these guys. Anyway, thank you, Andrea. God bless you. Eddie is in Stafford, Virginia. Eddie, hi. How are you? And welcome to the program. Hey, good afternoon, Sean. And thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. Hey, listen, this is what I was. Yeah, I think that. Well, I'm a semi Clinton uh, supporter, but I think that ad was over the top. But I will add to that that, you know, Donald Trump has not he's doing better now. He has not helped himself by he's not racist. I don't believe he's racist. And, 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 and I never have. But I think that he is a stereotyper, that he, he feeds people that have stereotypical attitudes about people, and he feeds that by some of the stuff that he says. And he knows that he's, he's doing that. So wait a minute. You're, you know saying? Let, let me ask you a question. You think he knows. You're voting for Hillary. Don't you find this ad despicable? I don't know who I'm voting for. Don't put me in a box. I'm asking. You're voting for Hillary, aren't you? I, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Is there, you know a gonna, is there a chance you're going to vote for Trump? If I get drunk, maybe I might. I don't know. If I get drunk, I might. Can I send you? Can I send you a case of where are you? How about Kentucky Clear? Can I send you a case? No, no, no. no I'm just kidding. All right, how about but, some Kentucky Bourbon? How about a little bit of Jack? You want me to send you some Jack Daniels? Jack Daniels is great. A little, little bit of Jim. Be- I'll send you a case. No, if I do that, I'm buying votes. I'll get arrested. I can't do that. I- <laughs> All right, buddy. Thank you, Eddie. Uh, George in Bethlehem, PA. George, how are you? Glad you called, sir. Yeah, this, first of all, let me comment quickly in the ad. Uh, if she's tying Trump to the KKK because they support him, then that means she's tying herself to the Orlando shooter and all these other, uh, all the other crazy uh, left-wingers that have done all kinds of bizarre things. And if you look at most of the, most of the shooters in, for different areas, they've all had liberal tendencies or, you know, whatever. But uh, the other thing I wanted to comment is that you have, uh, I'm a big Cruise supporter. I was a big Cruise supporter uh, through this. I was not crazy about the way Trump attacked him at the tail end there at all. Very upset. However, what I would suggest is that the Trump camp, if they want to make inroads, is they offer, uh, they offer the deal. And the deal is that uh, we'll support the conservative candidate a real conservative candidate coming up next time around, if they'll support Trump now, because Hillary's... Listen, Hillary's I, look, I, I think both sides, you know, got a little off track, and, and there's no doubt in a primary, and I, it got ugly. There's no denying it. Uh, Trump actually referenced that, I think, when he was in North Carolina last week, and he regrets saying some of these things. Um, I was there. I was in the middle of it. I've always liked Ted Cruz. I am disappointed. I think he had an opportunity at the convention to do the right thing and and follow through on his promise. I'm hoping by the end of this he will. But I will say the longer time goes on, I think this cumulatively is hurting Trump. And the numbers among the base show it. Trump is only getting 73 percent of Republicans, 75 percent of Republicans. He needs 92 percent. And we got to get it. And I think that if the Republican establishment would stop undermining Trump and work with Trump, you know what? The agenda is very good for the country. 
and I'm supporting the agenda. I'm not supporting, you know, personalities aside. I, I, I want to fix the economy. I want America energy independent. I want the wall built. I want vetting of refugees. I want my Second Amendment rights. I want education sent back to the states. I mean, I want radical Islam mentioned by name. I don't think it's that complicated, the things that I'm supporting here, and that's why I support Trump. Hillary's not an option. You know, if they if they make the if they go on record, if, if a lot of the uh, sort of uh, Trump supporters go on record saying, hey, next time around, you know, if we get a conservative, we're going to be behind them. We're you know, it's, we've got to support what works. We've got to You know, Hillary's not even an option. Let's face it. She's not an option for anything. That's uh, what I, that's what that I've been saying. I'm saying she's not an option. And you know what? I'm I am really I'm at peace with how I have handled this election. And as much fire as I'm under right now, I am at peace. Because my promise in in March of 2015, I kept. That is access to all the candidates, as much access as they need and deserve, and that they want. And I gave it to them. And I never endorsed. And then I said in 2016 in March, just as the primaries had gotten underway, I will support the nominee that you choose. And I am supporting him, and I'm doing so enthusiastically. And because I think there's no comparison when it relates to Hillary Clinton. And I'll take all the heat. I'll take all the cheap shots. I'll take all of the ad hominem attacks that are coming my way from the Wall Street Journal, uh, National Review, these talk show hosts that have failed 50 times in 50 different markets. And I'll take all of that because I really believe that we cannot as a country survive any more of this decline. We're at the point of no return here. And when I give out statistics about millions in poverty, millions out of the labor force, millions uh, on food stamps, and I talk about lowest home ownership rate, worst recovery, you know what? These are millions of our friends, family, and neighbors, and they're suffering greatly because their government is failing them. Hannity, you've just done this for ratings. I got asked by Oliver Darcy yesterday. I'm like... Okay, I'm in the business. Yeah, I'm supposed to get ratings, but I don't say things I don't believe. And I don't say things just to get noticed like other people. I think, for me, I love my country more than I love ratings. I love my fellow Americans more than ratings. I know what it's like to be poor. I know what it's like to not be able to pay my rent. I know what it's like to go through difficult times. And I see so many of my fellow Americans right where I was and I want them to have the ladder out that I had. It's not that complicated. Isn't it amazing? All these failed talk show hosts, you know, questioning my motives and what I believe and how I think and how I feel. Because they themselves can't even keep a job. It's unbelievable. Anyway, I can't pay attention to these people. They're just a bunch of losers. They're, you know, and they need attention. It's like babies needing attention. You know what? I've, I've now discovered... All these people starting fights because I fought back against a few people. They're all hoping now that I'll fight back against them. But I stand by what I say that all you Republicans that have been part of this sabotage of Trump that have created doubt in the minds of Americans that you're more vocal against Donald Trump than you are against Hillary. The single biggest liar, the most corrupt person who sold out her office that single-handedly has had the worst foreign policy disasters of any human being I can think of that's ever run this country, if she appoints Supreme Court nominees because of your sabotage, I'm holding you accountable. 
Well, Hannity, you give time to Trump to give his point of view. Well, I offer time to Hillary, too. She just doesn't take it. I put Hillary on my show. I'll give her a whole week worth of shows. I'll give her 15 hours of radio. I'll give her five hours of TV. And and I'll even turn every I'll turn the whole show, me and her. I'll turn it into the Hannity and Hillary show. She's welcome on these airwaves any place, any time. She can call in in the middle of any segment, and I'll cancel whatever I'm doing. Any place, any time. I'll tape it at 7 in the morning. I'll tape it at 3 in the morning. All she has to do is name the time and place. Don't blame me, Hillary won't come on. But all of you supporting and sabotaging Trump, you know what? You're not looking at the big picture. You're not considering the Supreme Court. You're not considering what these refugees that get infiltrated by ISIS are going to do to this country. You're not considering the impact on Americans that are losing their jobs to illegal immigrants or the dangers in terms of our national security with open borders. You're not considering our Second Amendment rights. You're not considering coal miners and coal uh, business owners. You're not considering how many millions of jobs would be created through energy independence. You're not considering repealing Obamacare. You're not considering the disaster of education under Democrats and how Trump would send it back to the states. You know what? I'm sick of all of you. And if she wins, I blame you. I'm blaming your sabotage. I'm blaming your undermining. I'm blaming your lack of proportionality in terms of your criticism against Trump. Fine, you don't like him stylistically. Do you agree with him on his Supreme Court nominees? Do you agree with him on extreme vetting? Do you agree with him about energy independence? Do you agree we should appeal, repeal Obamacare? Do you agree education belongs at the, at the state level? Do you believe that we should build a wall? What do you believe in? With, uh, with Hillary, you get 100% everything done wrong. 100%. I'll take my chances. Anyway, uh, Brian in Kalamazoo, Michigan. What's up, Brian? How are you? I'm well. I'm doing well, Sean. Thank you very much for taking my call. Um, the previous discussion you had with that caller was, was almost a perfect lead-in to my call because I agree by and large with, with what you said about the way people have sabotaged Trump, at least so-called conservatives. Uh, I, like you, was incredibly disappointed in Ted Cruz. But all the same, as I watched your town hall on television and heard him effectively and undeniably doing about face on deportation, I got to be honest with you, Sean, I was pretty disgusted with him as well. And uh, not only that, but incredibly disappointed. And I think he made a tragic mistake in doing so for a variety of reasons. Look, I didn't take it the same way, and I've been reading a lot of the blogs today, as I said in the earlier part of the program. You know, look, you've got to understand the position he's in. He's getting hammered. And what he said is, well, what would the country like to do? And he actually did an informal poll with the audience, and he made a lot of things clear that I don't think got picked up properly. One thing, he said criminal aliens are out on day one. Number two, he said he would consider, he's also negotiating, I felt, with whoever the Congress is going to be. And what he said is never amnesty. He also said pay back taxes and said a bunch of other things. Now, I agree with you, but then he said, then he repeatedly said, but we've got to enforce the law as it is. And then I asked him, I followed up and I said, well, what about you support changing any law? And he stuck to his guns. He said, keep the law as it is. So I I interpreted it differently, but I understand the fact that he raised the question, annoyed people. I get it. I understand what you're saying. I get it. I, I... I understand people's frustration. It's a frustrating issue. You pointedly 
noted that it was approximately $1.3 billion in interest mm -hmm. that was paid out. Um, just to go to Matt's question from yesterday, um, what about the other 13 cents, and did they actually get that or not? You know, I think that is a question for Treasury. It's <laughs> wonderful that you, that you say that, but you know, when we go to Treasury and ask, they say no comment. So referring us to a, an agency that is not inclined to provide any answers is kind of uh, disingenuous, I think, for one. Secondly, what is this privacy that foreign governments enjoy? So it's, it's actually confidentiality for international transactions. But you put it up on a website. You paid it, right? And this is a payment from the United guys, States to the Iranians, right? I, I actually can't speak to that. I absolutely can't verify that. I, I believe you're referring to a document on Treasury's website. I do understand your concern. I what, just can't speak to that. No, 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 it's not my concern. It's my inability to understand how it is that governments have an expectation of privacy, which is the word you use, not confidentiality. I'm sorry, then I misspoke. It's confidential nature. Does the United States consider that this financial dispute, the 13 cents notwithstanding, is fully resolved? Yes. So hold on. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. Let's, when let's. You, and when you when you're speaking of the payments that are listed on the on that website, you're talking about the ones for nine 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 nine, and that the thirteen of those, and the one for ten point roughly four million. Correct. The four hundred million was paid into the trust fund that was that was paid out because it was a wrongs money. No, no, yeah, no. Yeah. I'm okay. talking about the judgment. When you the say, judgment fund, you're talking the judgment fund. Everything mm -hmm. on the 19th that says foreign claims was made from the judgment well, fund. Right. And that was the interest for rent. But that that means that's the 13 payments of the 99999 and the one for the 10.39, roughly 10.4, right? It's going beyond my level of knowledge, Matt. I'm sorry, I just can't. Well, you just that. said that. So it's my understanding that, that those payment, foreign claim payments made on January every 19th. Every single one of them. Yes, okay. were made from the judgment. So fund. after you get to through with the ones with the, all the nines, and you yeah. get to the other one, which is 10.4, and you add that on, mm -hmm. it's actually more than 1.3 billion. Yeah, you're you're asking me to go through payments that I am unable to do so. It's a technical question. I won't just. Uh, I, I can't understand. I'm so dumb. That you are saying about the confidential. You are respecting the confidentiality of the other nation. Of the international what, partners. What, yeah. But what about the people? Uh, the, that money has been paid from the U.S. taxpayers. And as a U.S. taxpayer, am I not supposed to know where the money is going? How it is going? Is that not worth giving it? to the U.S. citizens. I think, you know, as, as um, you know, the president spoke um, on January 18th, as the secretary made clear, you know, the resolution of the Hague settlement was, in fact, in the best interest of the U.S. taxpayer in terms of the mechanics of this, what is made public, you know, I can't speak to from this podium. All right, that PR disaster is the State Department and their spokesperson, Elizabeth Trudeau, trying to explain the payments that were made to Iran that were not run through Congress or told to you, the American people. Now, this all is happening on a day, by the way, when four of Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard ships or vessels were harassing and creating an incident against the U.S. warship near the Straits of Hormuz. Remember, strategically, 
If Iran ever cuts off the Straits of Hormuz, you are talking about potentially stopping the flow of oil in the free, into the free world, and which is a, a defense official confirmed this. Now, what this has to do with is the administration, by the way, News Roundup Information Overload Hour, 1-800-941-SHAWN is our number, but the State Department is calling this a so-called judgment fund, and it's also an account that is used to pay out claims against the U.S. government. Details of how the administration did this, however, are being treated like a state secret. But yet this may very well all involve tax dollars. Now, this erupted at the State Department briefing yesterday and also today, and apparently the New York Sun reports that the administration made 13 transfers of 99, get this, $99,999,999.99 each. Now, those payments add up to 13 cents shy of $1.3 billion. They were made on January the 19th, two days after Obama announced he had cut a deal with the number one state sponsor of terror, the Mullahs in Iran, for $1.7 billion. And we now know, thanks to the Wall Street Journal, that another $400 million of that money was made in foreign currency that was loaded onto wooden pallets and delivered in a special cargo plane and functioned as ransom payment to the mullahs who were holding Americans hostages, uh, American hostages. So the remaining $1.3 billion only starts coming into focus when we notice on their website, without any knowledge given to anybody, of 13 transfers totaling, well, just shy, 13 cents shy of $1.3 billion. And that was on a Treasury Department website that's related to, quote, the judgment fund. And anyway, there's no explanation for these payments and state's daily briefing. I mean, you hear how how idiotic these comments are. Anyway, here to weigh in on all of this and what this means for the election is Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, former director of intelligence, defense intelligence, uh, and that agency and author of the book, The Field of Fight, which lays out a tremendous strategic plan to win the war against radical Islamic terrorists. Also, congressional candidate Sergeant Brian Mast is with us. By the way, he gave both his legs serving with special operations and their command in Afghanistan. Welcome both of you to the program. Hey, uh, hey this is a real honor for me to be on with Brian. Uh, and, I, and I'll tell you, he's this amazing uh, individual, amazing hero. And I really, really, yeah. for all your listeners, get out there and get him into Congress. We need, we need his uh, leadership and his courage at this time in our country right now. Listen, well, I for that, sir. I couldn't be more proud than to say we chewed some of the same dirt. And I met you, Brian. You're a great guy, and thank you so much for your service. It's such a shame, isn't it, that we we look at cities that you and your brothers and sisters fought, bled, and died for, and then it just gets handed over because once again we politicize a war and uh, yeah. and we just pull back before and and give back all the gains you guys made so many sacrifices for. Oh, this is absolutely a betrayal. We have a, a White House with zero strategy. You can look at them. On one hand, we have our, our men and women on the ground fighting an expanding, radical, jihadist Islam ideology. And on the other hand, you have the White House paying this radical, yeah. jihadist Islamic ideology. Yeah, I mean, $1.3 billion, and they're not telling us anything about it. That's a good point. All right, let me ask you first. Now, we watched yesterday these, the Islamic Revolutionary Guard harassing these U.S. warship in the Straits of Hormuz, General. And now we learn about these payments. They can't give us any explanation for all of this. What is your thought? Why would the United States of America ever give the number one state sponsor of terror $400 million? They lied to us about ransom. 
It's kind of scary when the mullahs of Iran are more honest with the American people than are the president and the secretary of state. But that's what happened. They were more honest. They said it was ransom. Obama and, and Kerry and Hillary and the rest lied to us. So we give them the money for ransom and then we give them all this other money. How insane yeah, is that? that? Now, let me tell you, I mean, this is this is just unprecedented. I mean, this just shows you the level of corruption and, frankly, criminal behavior inside of this White House. And this goes back, you know, years in this the Iranian nuclear deal that we gave the, the number one state sponsor of terrorism. So for your listeners, they are still the number one state sponsor, according to our own government, and designated back in the days of Ronald Reagan in 1984. I mean, this is just incredible. And, and, and I, I don't say this facetiously anymore, but Iran's, Iran's national anthem is death to America. After this latest incident with the uh, fast boats inside of the Persian Gulf uh, going against our, our warships, you know, I mean, if, if we didn't te- tear that deal up before, we should tear it up right now, throw it in little pieces, you know, right back in their faces. I agree with you, the pr- but, the pro- but the problem is, all right, we can do that, but they already have the money. They already have the money. They're buying their... They're rebuilding their commercial air travel. They have the ability to spin their centrifuges. We now know that they have more nuclear material than we ever thought that they had. They also have the right to build missile defense with Vladimir Putin and Russia. That was part of the deal. They have the right to build up conventional weapons, which they're going to do. And if we thought they were formidable before, now there'll be a, a nuclear armed Iranian radical Islamic state that will be an existential threat not only to the entire region but as they build up their ballistic missiles capability to the entire world including us yeah so we're real quick and I'll and I, this is one of the reasons why I think it's so important that Brian gets into Congress I, you know we we have to build up our military readiness and our military strength I mean our guys our guys and our you know men and women in uniform and where they're deployed around the world but principally throughout the Middle East are just stressed out right now. And we're stretched out, you know, with our capabilities. And this is why we really have to take a hard look at you our see, military. But there's, but there's but also there's a legal issue here because no, it's a huge legal. I mean, this the, the administration legal. knew that if the Iranian payments had been submitted to Congress for approval and constitutionally they have the power of the purse, they would have turned that down. And Absolutely. majorities in both houses were against the entire Iranian nuclear deal. And why is it now being treated as an executive unilateral action? never submitted to the House and Senate or the Senate for ratification as a treaty would otherwise have to be. Because they know it is wrong. This White House, this president, you know, and this goes with Hillary Clinton all the way to, to uh, Kerry now and, and President Obama, they know that this is absolutely wrong. And the, and the level of corruption in our government right now, the level of dishonesty is just sickening. And, and you know, it's, it's why guys like myself and my people like Brian are stepping up to, to sound off and get ourselves involved back in our government where we can turn this turn this thing around and, and, and create a level of, of honesty and, and trustworthiness back inside of our, our federal government. So, Brian, what, what, are, what are Congress's options at this point? I would argue probably none. I mean, if you look at why the State Department, why the Treasury Department are playing dumb well, the answer is obvious. You know, in other words, they constitutionally, they just did what they always do, bypass the Constitution, the rule of law, separation of powers, co-equal branches of government. That's why they're playing dumb. Well, this is obvious to the three of us, but we shouldn't be surprised that the White House is doing this whatsoever. We have an administration that fails to identify this enemy for what they are. They fail to, to group uh, Iran as any part of that enemy. They may even be looking at them as an ally, moving our traditional uh, alliances throughout the Middle East over to Iran. 
there should be no surprise here whatsoever. This is a problem the entire world now has to face, Iran now having billions of dollars. And this is what's happening. You know, General, the general and myself, you know, we have a very good idea of what it looks like to actually say that Iran is the largest state sponsor of terror. That is not ambiguous to, to him and myself. What that literally means is it was Iranian hands that were packing IEDs with so many nuts and screws and bolts that they would put so many holes in our service members that we could never plug them. That's what it means. It means it was Iranian hands that were building the improvised explosive devices, the explosively formed projectiles that were tearing through our up-armored vehicles, and the administration is not recognizing them for the threat that they are. And this is what we face as, a, as elected officials, an administration that won't identify what is threatening Americans. You know, yeah, I, I, and I question, Sean, I question the American, you know, sort of, the, you know, the, I question the president's real belief system and, and his, you know, he has been such an apologist for who we are as Americans instead of actually standing up for what American ideals and, and values are. I mean, this is just incredible. This And the latest series, this is just another, you know, another event that we have seen and another piece of information that we're seeing. And, and there's going to be more, Sean. There, there will be more. And we're going to see it coming out of, you know, more of these emails that Hillary Clinton keeps, you know, laughing about. She's on the, the Jimmy Kimmel Live show the other night laughing about our national security. I mean, I, I, when I saw that, I, it, it made me sick to my stomach. I mean, mm-hmm. these people, these people that are, that are, that are in charge of our government right now at the inside the White House, and in this, and I include Hillary Clinton in this. These are dangerous people. To you know, you, you could add some perspective to all of this. This is the same government that gave all this money to Iran. They give nothing to the VA. You heard the story about this veteran exactly. shooting himself in a parking lot because he couldn't get the health care. Other vets we now have chronicled on this program have died waiting for care, literally died as the VA gets back to them a year, two years later. They have institutionalized the bureaucracy and corruption so that these top guys at the VA can get get their bonuses every year. It's unbelievable. And, you know, meanwhile, we're given the reasons. These are two important reasons why we need Donald Trump up there. Number one, we need somebody who's not going to apologize for American strength, but actually unleash American strength. And number two, somebody that goes up there and says, yeah, we need anytime, anywhere care for our veterans, where Hillary Clinton is on record as being on the exact opposite side of this. She goes out there and says that the problems associated with the VA are nothing more than blown out of proportion Republican talking points. And if she's saying that... I got to run, guys. We're not going to give up on this topic, but... This is about accountability and responsibility and President Obama and Hillary Clinton have neither. Yeah. Thank you both, and uh, we really appreciate your help. All right, let's get to our busy phones. As promised, Let's go to Jennifer, our top story, of course. Hillary Clinton, sick, playing the Klan card on Donald Trump. It's not a surprise. It happens every election season. It, you, uh, we, we have chronicled this year after year, election after election. I told you this would happen to whoever got the Republican nomination. And yes, it's happening now. Anyway, Jennifer is in Durham, North Carolina. What's up? A very important swing state. Jennifer, how are you? Glad you called. Hey, Sean, glad to, glad to finally get in and be able to talk on this. So, you know, I just think it's very insulting as a voter, as a person, as a woman, that, um, you know, to be, to be belittled into uh, Hillary thinking that because we want to vote for Trump and support Trump, that we may be, we'd have to be, you know, neo-Nazis, white supremacists, um, you know, I mean... We have an open mind. We can look at everything and make decisions on our own. 
You know, look, I'm just saying, I mean, I, I can take this back and walk through the history of this. 1998, Missouri Democratic Party radio ad, you elect Republicans, black churches burn. Uh, 2000, right. James Byrd. Now, George Bush supported the death penalty for the guy that was involved in that horrific, evil, dragging death of this poor man. And because he didn't support hate crimes legislation, quote, the daughter was used in this campaign ad to say, well, it's like my father's killed all over again. Well, George Bush supported the death penalty for the guy. And then you go, right. to, Al, you go to Al Gore, you know, talking before a predominantly black audience. The Republicans, they have the wrong agenda for African-Americans. They don't even want to count you in the census. And then you can go yeah. straight through every election year. Mitt Romney, binders of women. Oh, and Mitt Romney's part of the Mormon church. And, and they didn't believe in, in the races getting married together or whatever, some nonsense, years ago as if Romney supported that. Every single solitary election year, this is the race card. It's played from the bottom of the deck, and it's being played here. And it is as predictable as the day is long. It happens every election season. Now, we can talk about Hillary, and we can talk about Hillary Clinton supporting uh, Robert Byrd and saying he's my mentor. We can talk about her not criticizing her own brother-in-law, who uses the N-word repeatedly. She wants to play this game. We can just go straight on down the list. There was a Washington Times article, you know, from back in May that pointed out a Klan leader claimed that he had given $20,000 to Clinton's campaign. Okay, well, let's make an ad. We'll put people in white hoods and say this man gave money to Hillary Clinton. This is how they want to play the game. This is as dirty as it's ever going to get, and it's not going to change because she's desperate. The last thing she right. wants to talk about today is the corruption that has been exposed about her selling her office more than half of the citizens she met while Secretary of State were big donors that gave to the Clinton Foundation, and as a result, they benefited many of them financially themselves, so I guess they could give more money. So typical. Carla is in Dallas, Texas, on 660 The Answer, my Mark Davis station. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm thank good. You What's going on? Thank you for my call, Sean. Uh, well, first of all, I wanted to thank you for being the voice of truth for all of us. And um, I would I would really like to talk about the so-called conservative, constitutional-loving Washington establishment that won't get behind our nominee, Donald Trump. And I want to take it a step further, more than just say, raise their right hand and take a pledge and, you know, while all the time standing on constitutional principles, and they lied, typical Washington fashion. They lied to we the people. But we the people spoke when we voted for Donald Trump. And we the people are their employers, and they are betraying we the people. It's worse than just they didn't keep their pledge. They're betraying the office that we elected them to by not re representing us. I keep, look, cast. I keep saying, and I'm going to say it now through Election Day, and if Donald Trump loses, you are going to hear me say it very loudly after Election Day. You know, I'm being attacked, and I kept my promise. My promise was to give access to all the candidates and give them a fair shot, and I did that. My promise to you, my audience, was that you decide who you want to be your nominee, and I'll support that person, and I'm doing that with as much passion as I can muster. I will enthusiastically vote for Donald Trump. I've said that before. And, you know, and for me, it comes down to very, very simple, basic understanding of how bad things are now, and I talk about it every day. Eight million more Americans in poverty, 50 million Americans in poverty. Or, eight, you know, 12 million more Americans on food stamps, 46 million Americans on food stamps. 
You know, if you want to talk about the debt and deficit, Hillary wants to increase taxes $1.3 billion, spending $1.4 billion. That's a huge difference from Donald Trump's plan. Massive differences. She wants a 550% increase in refugees that we can't vet. And Donald Trump wants extreme vetting. You know, we've got 95 million Americans out of the labor force. You look at that. And they are forcing Americans that are out of work to compete for those few jobs and driving down wages. Donald Trump's going to build a wall. Hillary Clinton says no walls. Let's build bridges. It's the worst recovery since the 40s. The lowest home ownership rate in 51 years. One in five American families without a single family member working. Uh, Men 18 to 34. One in six are either in jail or living in mommy's basement. Uh, We've got more debt accumulated under Obama than every president before him combined. Lowest labor force participation rate since the 70s. Hillary can't say radical Islam. And she is the single most corrupt and dishonest person to ever seek the presidency. Why is this an issue for some of these people? I don't know. And I and if if and I haven't even mentioned Supreme Court justices, if refugees kill Americans because of Hillary's policies, if illegals commit crimes or Americans still can't get jobs. If we put liberal leftist justices on the bench, I'm blaming all of them for their arrogant, their ignorant, their sense of superiority. You know, well, I don't like Donald Trump's style. Okay, substantively, I am talking substance. Energy independent, not energy independent. Vetting, not vetting. Originalist or liberal activist judges. I mean, it couldn't be more clear the differences between the two of them. Anyway, you got me all worked up. Didi is in Vegas. K-Don Radio. What's up, Didi? How are you? And we're glad you called. Hey, Sean. It's great to talk to you. I've been listening to all of the information you've been giving us about uh, the immigration situation. And I just happen to have lived through a terrible experience when an illegal alien driving without a valid driver's license in our state of Nevada who issues driver's licenses to illegal aliens when they shouldn't rammed into my vehicle. My vehicle is a total loss. I have injuries. And in addition to that, I have to pay for everything now. Yeah. The, the policeman comes finally after three hours in 110 degrees. Do you think that he gave the guy a ticket? Do you think that he admonished him for driving without a valid driver's license? No. I thought he was going to take him out to Burger King and buy him a Whopper. And if it would have been me, the American citizen, respecting the laws, I am sure I would have gotten a ticket for driving without a driver's license. And I'm sure that I would be paying the consequences of that. So I guess we are paying as a country. We're paying one hundred and thirteen billion dollars a year. That's the cost of illegal immigration on you, the taxpayers, one hundred and thirteen billion. The refugees, that's even going to be more. We're spending billions on education, on medical care, general expenses, the justice system, welfare related costs. We're paying it all one hundred and thirteen billion billion dollars a year and on top of that you've got 5.1 percent of the labor force is illegal immigrants okay we have 95 million americans out of work they're competing for those jobs taking those jobs and in the process driving down wages and if by the way 11 million people can walk across the border well so too can those from al-qaeda and isis it's a no-brainer i've just my patience is getting very thin here with with those people republicans in particular establishment types that they built Donald Trump. 
They created Donald Trump. It's their failures that built Donald Trump. And now they're pulling back their support of him and they're more critical of him than Hillary. And they can't see how important the Supreme Court is, how important vetting is, how important immigration is, how important repealing Obamacare is, how important not putting coal miners out of work and coal companies out of business is. They can't see the the benefits of education being sent back to the states. I mean, I just had it. I have no patience anymore for them. But you own this election. Your lack of support, you own, if Hillary wins, you own whatever damage she does because you're partly responsible. Well, Hannity, no, we blame you. No, I blame you. Wrong. All I did was offer access to the candidates to serve my audience who decided in record numbers they want Donald Trump. And as promised, I said I'm supporting the winner and I'm supporting him enthusiastically. Because of his agenda, not because of his personality, because of his promises, because of the interviews I've done with him, because of the distinct differences between him and Hillary. It's unbelievable. I'm so fed up with these people. I have, I have no patience for them. A bunch of losers. So many of them. What, they're the ones that, that pushed John McCain and Bob Dole down our throat? And I supported Mitt Romney. I stand by it. I think Mitt Romney would have been a great president. But he didn't win. And it's time to win. And these people, if we could get Trump's support among Republicans from the 73 to 75 percent range it's in now, up 15 percent, he wins. If he ends up getting 15 percent of the black American vote where black Americans have suffered disproportionately under Obama and, and Hillary's policies, Trump wins. If not, he will lose. And all of you crybaby, sore loser Republicans I blame you. You own Hillary's choices. Good luck to you. Charlie is in Utah. What's up, Charlie? How are you? Glad you called. Thanks, Sean. Listen, I, I love your show. I, I rushed home last night to watch the second half of the of the uh, the town the town thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The town hall with Trump. Mm-hmm. Yes, I wasn't. I wasn't. I was. I'm disappointed, but I'm not surprised. You know, I, I'm surprised it took him this long to kind of to shift his. Uh, his stance on on immigration you know i always thought that there's no way we can round up 11 million illegal immigrants and and ship them all back don't get me wrong i i i understand what you're saying the billions and billions of dollars we, we spend on them i see it firsthand you know but now he's he's uh looking more and more like he's shifting his policy and and i just you know he spoke about mitt romney being uh, uh a bad candidate or whatever and, I, and i'm afraid he's gonna lose to the the worst candidate the Democrats have ever put up. Well, again, if he would just be if he was able to shore up the base, as Zogby says, a lot of Obama Democrats are going to Trump. Uh, The latest. What was it? The Pew poll or I think the Pew poll had Trump at 14.6 percent of the black vote, which is higher than the last eight Republican presidential candidates. Mitt Romney got seven percent. So he would that would more than double what Romney had. If those numbers held and Republicans came back home like they demand conservatives go back home when they have weak establishment candidates that they push through and nominate, then Trump wins this election. If they don't, yeah. then I blame them for Hillary's win. I do, too. I just wish he would he would uh, get a little bit better on, on stating the fact that we do have laws on the books. And if, if that's all they did, if that was the minimum thing they did was uh, uh, applied the, the laws on the books 
and quit giving these people incentive to come across the border, penalize these employers that are hiring the illegal immigrants and things like that, they wouldn't have incentive to come over here, Sean. And that's that's the irritating part about it. We're giving them so much free stuff. Listen, America and Trump has said this many times is a very, very stupid country at times. And in this case, you're 100 percent right. Anyway, appreciate your call. Thank you. 800-941-SEAN is a toll-free telephone number. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 